Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I don't know. I'm very confused about basic facts like time. So for the (laughs) listeners playing along at home who are probably also confused by time, just be aware for the next few weeks that we're going to be recording episodes a little bit out of order because we're both traveling and and going to conferences and and just doing stuff that means we got to find time to do these so you guys don't have to uh, miss out on our incredible, insightful thoughts as we know you do not want to. So uh, if for some reason we we start referring to something that you're like, that happened like a month ago, um, just be aware that that's probably why. <laughs> I'm like, what, are what is days? time anyway? I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's the really unglamorous inside baseball stuff of doing this. But uh, thankfully, we are actually recording this one on time. Um, yes. So so what is this one about? Oh, yeah. Right. Grandchester. Yeah, we're in Lacey's summer of... Uh, stuff summer of hot mysteries that you don't care about (laughs) yeah i'm so sorry we'll we'll record cobra soon it's okay i mean although to be fair i i enjoy grandchester a lot more than endeavor and i think having watched it right on the heels of endeavor a big part of it is that these episodes are only an hour long like it's really like it's it's just really it's it's that it's that they're it's that they're shorter they're tighter and that they let the characters do things that have nothing to do with the mystery. Yeah. Like, I it's like I sat down and I was like, what is the mystery of this episode? I had to think about it that it's that's the the lady killer sister is trying to like steal the entail back from their terrible male relatives or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah. But that's not really that important. No, and it's not really that important. And that's really, you know, one of the things about the fact that they that PBS has been, you know, Masterpiece has back to back uh, Endeavor and Grantchester, basically since 2015, when well, no, 2016, when Grantchester became a staple over here. 2015, I believe Grantchester actually aired in the winter. Um, but since basically 2016, there's always been this kind of summer of mysteries that's been going on with Endeavor and Grantchester sort of smashed back to back. I mean, even at the Television Critics Association, when PBS brought the mysteries, they actually brought uh, Sean Evans and Tom Brittany together as a pair because they're th- those shows are so paired up in the schedule and have been for so long. And I do think that they really it, having them back to back like this really helps us see like the difference between them and how mystery focused Endeavor is and how not mystery focused Grantchester is. Grantchester is basically we do this for a living and this is the excuse for us to sit down and hang out with these characters for an hour. Yeah. Like I feel I I feel like they get paired together a lot because they're both, you know, mysteries of of sort of a pair of people who solve crimes, but other than the fact that there is like a murder in most episodes that shows have very little in common. Yeah, they really do. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I before we sat down to record this one, I sort of went through my notes of what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And I realized that actually almost none of them have anything to do with the mystery. <laughs> like I said, I had to really just sit here because I actually in a in a rare move for me, um, watched this episode a couple of days ago. And none of these shows have a terrible amount of object permanence in my mind. And I had to, uh, like I said, I had to really think like what was actually the sort of, I'm making air quotes, plot 
of this particular installment. I mean, honestly, what the plot of this particular installment is, was watching uh, Jordy fail to get back with Kathy while Will got laid and then discovered that the girl who he was sleeping with was already engaged to somebody else. That was the plot of the episode. Who is like his new boss? No, 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 no. He's not. Okay. So let, 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 let's back up here. Yeah. I didn't, you all know that I uh, have only the basic, mo- like most rudimentary understanding of this program. Okay. Especially, especially since season six, you know, you're as you put it, you don't have object permanence on these shows. So let's go back to season six. As people may recall, um, season six ended. Season six was basically Leonard uh, gets outed and goes to jail is the main arc of the season. Um, and it's kind of Will's fault. He gets that whole only I can fix it holier than thou thing going and accidentally screws Leonard over. And the judge who was going to let Leonard off gets mad and sends him to jail. Um, and in the interim, we get Henry, um, which was actually a really great character. And I'm so mad they got rid of. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh Meanwhile, Jordy had basically a friend from the war, a, a co-fighter, a, a person from his unit from the war, suddenly surface after like decades. And it basically triggered him into massive PTSD and alcoholism. And he basically screwed up at work and he screwed up at home and he screwed up at work and he screwed up at home to the point that things had to change. And so we start this season with Kathy having thrown him out of the house. This is now the second time she's thrown him out of the house. And honestly, I I have a lot to I have a lot on that in a minute. Um but also the 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 precinct has now installed uh, a man named Elliot Wallace over Jordy. Uh, so now he has basically a boss that he didn't used to have. He's not in charge anymore. And so he has to kind of, basically, he isn't free to run around with Will the way he was with nobody questioning things. Um, and that is that that really changes the dynamic of the office, which I really liked. Um, I, I know that you didn't watch the earlier episodes, but one of the things that I feel that this season, um, the, the opening of this season should be thanking is James Norton. Ah! Um, no, I'm serious. Like James Norton leaving this show really got it to understand that it doesn't have to bring everybody back to the status quo at the end of the season the way it used to. Mm. Um, and in fact, I think that the way that James Norton exited where they broke him and Marvin Christie up and then so that he would stay there and then he left over the summer and they had to come up with this flimsy excuse to get rid of him and have him run away to America really sort of taught them that you know when a character reaches you know the end of their story or or a thing or, or you know things naturally happen that they that they have morphed into a new person and and they've changed just go with that don't try and force the status quo back on them you know one of the things that when Kathy dumped uh Jordy back in I believe it was season two he slept with basically the 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 earlier version of Miss Scott uh, her name was Margaret um he slept with her and she found out and she threw him out and by the end of the season she let him back in and it wasn't really I mean it was believable because the actors are good but it wasn't believable like Kathy is not that kind of woman you know, and especially in the intervening seasons where she's gone out and she's gotten a job and she's dealt with sexual harassment and she's sort of, you know, become this strong woman for the time. The fact that she puts up with Jordy being an, a, a, a blockheaded moron 
has become less and less believable, especially once we got into this, you know, PTSD and alcohol fueled, you know, storyline for him. And it is much more believable that not only would she throw him out, but that she isn't interested in getting back together until he gets his crap together. And I really, no, I, I think that's great. And I think that that's actually one of the strongest, strongest parts of that first episode is that, you know, he's wandering around trying to, you know, grow these flowers for her. And they're not even the right flowers. I know. I actually really <laughs> loved that she, um, because I know in a lot of stories, it would have been like, like the fact that he, he you know, it's like an attempt. There was an attempt. Yes. Like the fact that he tried to do something nice for her would have been enough because... Mm-hmm. Uh, because because you know I don't know men like that are like they only like like the barest effort is mm-hmm. like enough. But I like that she was mad that he didn't even know what her favorite flowers were. Yeah, and that she was like, "This is not how you win me over. How you win me over is doing the laundry." And he, you know, his excuse is, "Well, Mrs. C wasn't there. That's not Mrs. C's job. You're the father. You do the damn laundry, right?" Like that's I I loved that. Like you should think you should not be you should not just assume that uh, that women are doing things for you. You should do them. You should be that person. Like I loved that, and I feel very much like Grantchester in its early seasons would never have had the nerve quite to let this happen. And I really, really, I, I, again, I thank James Norton for it. I also thank James Norton for the fact that we did not immediately get Leonard back into the, uh, into the fold, even though Henry has left. Um, I, I recognize that Henry being <laughs> married off and sent away is probably proof that Leonard will eventually come back to the curate space. Um, but honestly, like, I, I mean, I don't think he has a future in poetry. No, I don't either. Uh, I do. I do. Know, the, the beat poetry stuff was funny. I laughed. But like, it's supposed to be funny. And actually, I kind of like the fact that we went there. You know, one of the things about Leonard now being out of the closet and really gives the show a chance to show sort of the the gay counterculture that was floating around that we never really talk about, you know, People talk about beat poetry, but then we all talk about what what's that dude, uh, the um, Kerouac who went around sleeping Jack with Kerouac, lots of women, yeah. and right like that's not actually what beat po- beat stuff was really about the LGBTQ underground in the late fifties and early sixties. And I, I think- am only super familiar with On the Road, which is. A whole nother thing. Yeah. So I really, I, I really like the fact that we are not only getting into the LGBTQ counterculture, but we're bringing up stuff that people sort of forget was part of it, and that that was what drove it. And I liked that a lot. That being said, I'm, I'm really mad they got rid of Henry. Um, I thought the addition of a black character who was Nigerian, who who couldn't behave the way Will and Leonard do and get away with it because of the color of skin really added to the dynamic. It really gave Mrs. C something to 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 learn now that she's learned to be to be not bigoted about gay people. Like we could teach her about racism next. Um, like <laughs> I, I, I thought there was there was just so much there that could have been good. And I'm I went when I. I I get why they got rid of him and I get that like this is supposed you know this way we have a room to put Jordy in in the vicarage this way we have a this way we have a space for Leonard to eventually come back to 
I just I, I'm so sorry that that he's gone, though, because I, I there was so much there that could have been done. And the show had such a great opportunity there to just casually add a character of color to a period piece in a way that that that, you know, I mean, one of the things about Sanditon as much as 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 it gets credit for 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 um, Crystal Clark's character is that, you know, it's it makes a big deal out of it, you know, and Grantchester didn't. They just added one. <laughs> and I liked that a lot. Um, it also doesn't help that poor Georgiana's story on Sanditon is not great and really is just the same story over and over. No, it's true. And Henry's was actually kind of strong, like for a mystery story where he is a side character who just kind of got introduced. He actually had some real underpinnings and like real depth to like his, he wasn't evil, uh, you know, even though he was sort of like the antagonist, he wasn't actually being evil when he went and reported Will and Will's behavior. He was shocked and horrified and angry because that's not a he can't behave like that. How dare someone basically be privileged like that and use it like that? And I loved that. And I thought that was such a good I thought that was so good that the show like just they didn't make a big deal out of it. They just did it. And I'm Yeah. Um, I assume that there isn't going to be a curate this season until Leonard comes back. Let's be honest. Um, I Leonard is still my favorite part of the show. Of I cannot say that I cannot say that his his new exploration of his creative writing side is super working for me because it feels. I don't I don't know. I fit I, I just I have an uncomfortable it's it's a little cringy, number mm. one. And number two, it really feels a little bit I can't decide if the show is trying to like Leonard feels more like the butt of the joke here than I think he should, even though I'm really glad that like the town showed up and clapped for him or whatever. Although how this place's business model is meant <laughs> to be successful is just truly like I have so many questions. Um how many poets or aspiring poets? live in the Grantchester metro area. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not that many. Um, just a thought. I think that's interesting, though, because, you know, one of the things you were really uncomfortable with was how the show made fun of Will and Will's uh, celibacy. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that in a minute because we've just decided, I guess, to memory hole that. Yes, I think so. But I, do, I, I don't I can't decide if I think the show wants if the show is consciously trying to make Leonard the butt of the joke here, I don't know that I think it means to, but I don't know that there's really a way with this particular setup that it's not kind of cringy and uncomfortable because number one, he's kind of a terrible poet. And number two, I like, I get that this subplot is like, it's, it's letting Mrs. C get the chance to like, stand up for the the friend that she sort of abandoned and was really terrible to and that's great and i actually really love her husband who is like so not making a big deal out of bankrolling this for leonard and i just think i think that's all very nice but i just don't know it feels like a really weird swerve after last season i think is what i'm saying like i i'm not really sure how we got from ministering to a prison population to looking like mike myers from sprockets <laughs> Like, I don't I don't really see the through line. OK, um, I, I will agree with you that I don't know how we got here from ministering to prisoners. I thought that Leonard finding his calling outside of the Anglican Church in doing that was one of the most beautiful things about season six. And 
the fact that that seems to have fallen by the wayside is a disappointment. Well, I mean, I wish they even had like a th- they didn't even have like a throwaway line about it. It's just mm-hmm. like suddenly I wear all black now and that's yeah. my thing. Yeah. And um I I also got the sense that this beat poetry thing it 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 gave me the same vibe as the jokes about Will's celibacy. So I doesn't surprise me that it bothers you. Oh, do you think it's like a here's how we poke fun at him for being gay without actually poking fun of him for being gay? Oh, oh not quite that. I don't think it's quite that, but it's also like Leonard be yourself, stop trying to put on the 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 different forms of LGBTQ culture that that are floating around and trying to be the European places that you've been when you live in Grantchester. Like that's sort of what I think this is supposed to be doing. But again, as I said, it really gave me the same vibes as the way they sort of poked fun at Will's celibacy. And it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that both of these bother you in the same way. <laughs> I don't know that I would have actually drawn the line between that until you just said it, but I guess it does kind of I guess it does kind of make sense because in a way it's sort of still like the, it's although I will say I think with Will and his celibacy it just felt like the show never meant to take that seriously. I think the show does want to take this seriously. I think it's just doing it poorly. Hmm. If that makes sense. I don't think the show ever t- I don't think the show ever took Will's celibacy seriously. No. And speaking of his celibacy, let's talk about Maya. Um Wow, 0 to 60 on the no celibacy thing by the way. It's I like know. suddenly we've like given up on that and we're hooking up with girls at the bar. Right? And like Jordy's all like screw this. I'm getting jilted by a frisky vicar. Like I totally love that line. Um but honestly like I, I did like that because it also gave uh, Jordy the scene with Miss Scott and we could see how much he's changed that he's not trying to sleep with the secretary while Will is going off and banging some chick he met in, in a jazz club, um, which is the kind of thing he would have done a few seasons ago. Um, but that being said, I I was kind of startled that that was what we were going to do with Maya. Um, and that she is Elliot, that she is Wallace's fiance. So Wallace is the that guy they, that, they, that they hooked up or that she is, is sleeping with people she meets out at the club. Um, no, that she is, that, that she wasn't just a, a one night stand that they might bring oh, back and try oh, and yeah. have a romance with, but that, you know, it, it can, in, in a useful way, it connects the whole, you know, now Jordy has a, a, a direct boss with Wallace who doesn't like Will and doesn't understand why Will is there. Will has to keep claiming that he's, you know, basically ministering to people and that's why he's around. Um, you know, Wallace doesn't even know that it's Jordy who solved the case. He thinks it's Peters who solved it. I thought that was a cute. I thought that was an interesting little tidbit um, that, it, it, you know, I. And then suddenly he's like, and here's my fiance. And it's, oh, look, these two already know that that's exactly who Will slept with. And Wallace has no idea. And I just it 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 was sort of I wasn't expecting that of all the twists that we got in this episode. That was the one I wasn't expecting. I, I don't know what I was expecting Will to do. I, I'm, I'm hoping that we're not going to get Will sleeping with like a girl of the week. Um, that, that oh, I know I will not like that. What happened to that nice journalism lady? I don't know. She just disappeared. I liked her. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she maybe she went to work for a paper in London. Let's hope. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping for promotion, but honestly, we'll never see her again. She could cover. She could cover the the growing Grantchester poetry scene. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, 
I also really, um, as I said, Wallace really is unaware that Jordy is the one going around actually solving the crime. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, that Jordy basically has to solve these things without people knowing it, and that and that Peters basically has now been promoted over him, or not promoted over him, but promoted to the same level as him. He's now a DC along with a, uh, along along alongside Jordy, except that Jordy is basically solving his cases. One of these days, we should do an episode on like the ranking system of the British police because I. I have no idea. Okay, it's pretty... Uh, the way I think of it is PC is the lowest, uh, and then there's DS, and then there's DI, there's DCI, and there's DC, and then there's DCI. Wait, is DCI higher or DC higher? Uh, DCI is highest. The When you have all of the letters, it's the highest. So Wallace is the okay. DCI. Um, Jordy and... Jordy was the DC with Peters as his DS, but now they are both DC. Now they are both DC. Uh, detective commander i think is what that stands for um ds stands for detective sergeant that i do know um anyway uh and dci is detective chief inspector um anyway i remember that only from the show dci banks because it was in the title (laughs) um so basically the 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 whole point of this is is that i think that the shaking up the dynamics in the police rankings was a smart move for the show um, even though I was really startled that this is what they're going to do with Wallace and basically have it so Will and Jordy have one over on him that they could reveal at any time was a little, as I said, I wasn't expecting that. But I do think that this is one of the things about the show is that because of the way that the show was originally structured with, you know, Jordy and and Sydney running around and then him replacing him with Will and nobody really questions why this this vicar is running around solving crimes because everybody has an odd hobby I know Duh. like I liked one of the things I liked about the Henry storyline last year is that he was like what the heck this guy is supposed to be ministering to people why is he going around solving crimes and then we had to kind of come up with an answer that this is his ministry that going around solving crimes and and righting wrongs is his ministry and I thought that was really good. But now we have the thing is, we've never had it from the other way. We've never had the police asking, why is this guy here other than Peters? And Peters always says it in this sort of jealous way, like, why do you like him and me? Right. So having having this superior come in like this and be like, why is this dude here is actually a really interesting dynamic and does a lot for the show. I think that's been missing. I don't know if we'll leave Wallace as the clueless boss. I don't know if Wallace will last past this season. But while he's here, I'm 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 quite pleased with this as a shakeup. I also really like Miss Scott. Oh, I do too. She seems fun. But back <laughs> to Maya for a second. Like, I hope, since it does appear that she is going to be sticking around, that they actually remember to give her, like, I don't know, personality traits in the <laughs> next episode. Like, other than thinking that Will is hot. I mean, honestly, like right now she has two per- she has two personalities. She has yellow dress personality, which is sleep with me. And she has pink dress personality, which is I am upright. <laughs> right? Like that's all she has. And, and it's defined by her outfits. But like I, I, I had sort of part of it is that I had sort of just written the character off because I figured she was just sort of a one off hookup mm-hmm. thing because like they, they made so little effort to make her have a personality. Uh, I was going to say a person, but same diff. <laughs> it's weird. 
And I was like, I guess, I don't, I don't know. I have the questions about like, Will's chased in women? Because what does he know about her? She likes music? Right? Like, and he wants to turn this into like a relationship and she's like, no, dude. <laughs> I know. I did love her for that though. I will, t- I will tell you that just because he like, he, he got it on with a girl one time, like... I, I don't know. I, well, you know, it's funny because one of the things um, about part of the reason Will was um, conceived as sort of this celibate guy who rides a motorbike and likes rock and roll was to separate him from Sydney, who liked to go to jazz clubs and sleep with random women. Um, and uh. so I thought it was very interesting that this season opens with Will basically getting his Sydney on, you know, going to the jazz club. I had the. I also had the thought. Is this the first episode where Will doesn't have, like, a sermon? This is the first episode where Will does not have a sermon. Correct. I was waiting. I, I was waiting to get to that. But yes. Yes, it is. Um, Sydney always had a sermon. Will always would have a sermon at the end that would sort of tie the mystery. It'd be like, look, look, here's our thematic, our thematic bullet points for this. For this episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. Here's how the mystery ties to their lives. And here is and here is the moral of the episode. And we didn't have a moral of the episode this season for the first time ever. Um, even the even the one episode where there where between Sydney and Will, where uh, where Leonard steps up, it's Leonard who gets the uh, the speech at the end. We've never not had a speech before. Instead, we just are left with the shock. And I don't I don't know quite why that is. I don't know why that they thought to drop it. Like I'm not super familiar enough with the show to to know what it means, but it felt weird. It it, it is it is a huge departure, and I I'm wondering, and this is something because um, what I wrote down was call the midwife when I saw that happen, and you know how we keep saying they need to get rid of uh, Redgrave Vanessa Redgrave warbling on at the end. Oh, I'm wondering if. Grantchester feels like that part of the show is no longer as important as it was in those early seasons. I think that's really interesting, though, because for me, that feels like the show trying to move away from a basic tenant of its premise, which is that one of its two main characters is a man of God. And... I don't like, you know what I mean? Like that feels very, that, that, that feels very sort of like identity shifting in a way that I don't know if I like or not. Like granted the whole, like we've got this random vicar helping us solve murders has, uh, who was like a posh risk kid once and has no investigative experience was always kind of weird and dumb. <laughs> like it's never made sense, but like that's been your brand for like seven years now. So why? Because I don't get it. Because Sydney was actually in the war, um, and actually had experience in the army, even though he was a chaplain, he had semi experience with death and with figuring out deaths before he and Jordy get together. So there is actually there was initially an excuse at the very beginning of why this vicar sort of takes up with the detective. And why they get along. And one of the, again, one of the things they changed, they made Will basically a draft dodger, which is a huge issue for Jordy that he has to get over. And I thought that was really great at the time. And I still think it was a really smart choice. But as you point out, 
this sort of means that he has zero, unlike Sydney, who at least had like an excuse, a fig leaf. There's no fig leaf here. It's just Jordy's used to solving crimes with Vickers and needs to go get another one. It's like when you talk about superheroes and you, I can really bring anything back to superheroes, you guys. And you could be like, oh, well, Superman's powers that he's, you know, he can do all these amazing things. And Wonder Woman has a magic lasso and Miss Marvel can time travel. Yeah. And you're just like, well, Batman is rich. (laughs) That is literally like he's he's rich. That is his power. He's rich and he's vindictive. That's literally a superpower. But like, isn't that Will's? He's just no, he's posh. Yeah, that, that's true. He, like that's his superpower. <laughs> that's his <laughs> that that's his experience. I'm I I come from genteel poverty, therefore I can go around solving crimes. <laughs> I don't know. So I mean, I feel like the show leaned on his because he clearly didn't have any reason to be solving crimes other than being rich. Like, and the show, so in response to that, the show is like, well, I guess we better lean into the Vicar thing. And now they're like, well, he doesn't really have any reason to solve crimes. And we're tired of listening to his religious speeches. So I don't know. He's some dude. I I just, I, I, my first thought was, does the show think that this is played out? But as you put it, would we have, if, if Call the Midwife in season seven had dropped the Vanessa Redgrave speeches? Would we have reacted the same way? I don't think I don't think so because for me, the Vanessa Redgrave speeches are not central to like the identity of the show. Like you could have those speeches or you could not have those speeches, but it's still a show about midwives. It was directly tied to the show when um, Jessica Rain was in the cast because that character is supposed to be an aged up version of Jessica Rain. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they kept it to be honest. But if they got rid of it, I don't think it would change the central thesis of the show. Whereas this kind of does. Kind of does. Because it's uh, because honestly, sometimes Will getting up in the pulpit and saying something about God for two minutes is literally the only reminder that that's his job. It's true. I mean, honestly, though, like instead this instead this episode used his job to get him in to ask questions and to sleuth if you notice you know his his excuse to go to finding out the stuff about adele and maude oh because he was doing marriage counseling or or whatever well no with with the, the first the first time he sits down with adele and maude to tea he's there comforting them in their grief and then in the second one, when he's asking, when he's basically finding out about Adele and Howard and and looking for holes in their story, he's there as ma- he's there as marriage counselor. And so each one, he in, instead of his job being, you know, basically put at the end, it's woven through, and it's partly because we now have this Wallace character who he needs to have an excuse why he's running around. I mean, because on some level, I, on some level, I have some sympathy, sympathy for oh, no, the I new do. cop guy, for the new cop guy, because like, who is this man? Right? Like, he literally has no no credentials or definable skills. Yeah. So why is he looking? He's just over like the a de- rando. Yes. And why is he looking over the dead body? And why is he pointing at a signet ring? Like, at least he has the I. I was. I was. I was giving last rites. And then, like he. And then, you know, why are you here? Oh, because Adele and Maude are part of my flock, and I was looking in on them. Right. Like he. I feel almost like the show has to bring up his vickering more now because we need to have a running excuse of why he's around that Wallace will buy. 
I I don't know. But like at some well, okay. This all this just goes back to the same thing that I always laugh about with these shows. I was like, well, why wouldn't you think it's weird sometimes? And then I remember that the murder rate in this town is literally <laughs> like one for every eight people. So maybe. <laughs> um, I I do think that uh that if we're trading that for the end speeches, that might not be for the best. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really. I don't really need. Um, I don't really need the show to proselytize at me or anything. Like, I. I don't think it's particularly good at that. But I do think that that is supposed to be something that's like a defining piece of Will's character. And if we're just, if that's like an on paper only thing now, then I don't know what that means. But I don't think I like it. Um, I. I'm hoping maybe th- what I'm actually hoping, um, having not watched on from episode one, is that. We still get those speeches, but we just don't get them every episode. Like I, maybe they only happen when they feel like a natural thing. Because one of the things about this case is that it doesn't feel like the kind of thing that ties into a a, a speech. And maybe that's just my failure of imagination because I'm not very I'm not a very religious person. But Adele and Maud's whole endealment is basically the patriarchy freaking sucks. Let's get rid of the men, right? And I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Does the New Testament have something to say on this? Because <laughs> uh... the Old Testament is like patriarchy. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is better to marry than to burn, I guess. So says St. Paul, I think. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, it's just, it's weird to me because that's been such like a defining thing of what the show is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be one of the things that like sets it apart from the billion other shows like it. And I think it's just a weird choice to ditch it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's only a one episode one off thing and you're right. Because I don't know. This, the moral of this episode seems to be that like everyone is horrible, even Will. So I don't know. I don't know what the appropriate biblical response to that is. Yeah, no, li- literally my my moral of this story was the patriarchy hurts everyone. That was my that was 100% my takeaway from this episode. Um and I I did think it was funny that the one si- well, I mean sort of funny but sort of sharply not funny. It was that the one sister was like, "Wait, you were going to kill my new husband?" and she was like, "Maybe." <laughs> That Adele was perfectly okay with killing off the brother, but then bowing to another man. It says a lot about the way, about the thought process there. And the fact that Maud was perfectly happy to remove all men, you know, yes, all men, um, was totally like, I, I, I felt a lot of that. I, I, I liked that. That the, I liked the fact that the two of them diverged on how many men they really needed to get rid of in their lives. Um, I I also really liked the fact that we had this whole idea that this poor dude had traveled overland from to from Australia to England. Like I feel like that was something that like sort of just got tossed out and then sort of nobody talked about it, you know. And I was really I was really interested in I I, I wish I wish that um. You know, one of the things we don't talk about is how big the world is in this time period, because travel is not so easy. And um, that's true. I, I felt like there was something there that that that, that could have been way more interesting. I just, um, I don't. I think it's a really. I think Grantchester has a really interesting relationship to like issues of class 
And that kind of comes back to this a little bit, like who would be able to do that versus who would never like who would just like fall over laughing if you suggested that they would that traveling that far was like something they'd ever do in their lifetime. Right. And I wish the show were a little more pointed about it sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I feel like, the, it, as I said, this episode was very much about like it, the, uh, you know, the the thing that Downton Abbey taught us all about the entailing of an estate and yep. how and, and and promogenter and 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 passing through the male line. Although, and, to be fair, at least they did write something into theirs that was like, if all the men are dead, the women get it. Yeah. Um. I I also really did like that. Uh. That this that this was again genteel poverty that the women have no control over, that the man goes out and spends all the money and the women are completely helpless to it because mm. they are not in charge. You've said the phrase genteel poverty a couple of times now, and I do think that is something the show could really stand to dig into a little bit because it's 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 very um it's very performative in the sense that like everyone's acting like they're fine and uh, and this sort of lifestyle is something that they don't have any problem maintaining but like look at leonard's dumb cafe the only reason that he has that open is because someone with money is paying for it yes because jack is bankrolling it and jack is rich but like we're not really talking about that we're talking about how great it is that like leonard is following his dreams and none of the like real how does this actually work in the real world kind of stuff yeah like I said, who's got, how many poets can there possibly be? <laughs> so yeah, I'm just saying. I, I I am because they are sort of realistic about genteel poverty and the you know I, my mother had all the places that I, my mother had the numbers of the places to sell sell stuff memorized kind of thing to have you know to 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 sort of. It, 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 it rides a weird line between reality and fantasy that it brings up the reality when it when it feels like it, it, it fits the story and the rest of the time it's fantasy. I mean, again, also, <laughs> I mean, also, again, with with the, with the whole like uh, 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 Gibbons people with with um, with Frank Gibbons basically chasing off the, the fiance because not because he didn't want them to marry or he didn't want his daughter to marry rich, but because he felt that she couldn't pull off being lady of the house because she was of the lower classes. Like that was a really interesting point. It's the same sort of thing that you get at a that that Sanditon season one did with uh, Leo Souter's character, Young Stringer. How the father didn't want him to go be more than himself, like it, like not not be too uppity. Yes, kind of. And that that she was basically trying to get above her station by even imagining that she could marry this guy. And I I I th- again there's 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 a real there's there's a real sense that they could have dug into it more, and they. They only they only hit as much as they feel that they need and then they move on Mm -hmm. because that story isn't about whether or not that girl should be allowed to be happy. It's about the fact that her dead would be fiance put a hit a ring in her jewelry box. Yes. Like that's it's the it's the plot. It's the plot point part that they care about, not where that plot point happens to land. That's true. Um. Anyway, I am looking forward to the rest of Grantchester. This season is only six episodes instead of eight, which I'm kind of honestly a little thankful for. Oh, I didn't know that. Pandem- pandemic filming? Um, I, No, it's not that this actually was the first last season. Season six was the pandemic filming issue um, with uh, but 
they had planned to do eight and they managed to do eight. This most seasons of Grantchester are six and this is going to be six. And I'm, 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 I'm glad. I think that last, even though there was a lot of very interesting things that went on last season, especially with Leonard, I felt like it could have been tighter. And I'm, I'm, I think six episodes is a better length. Well, I shall, I shall have to see. All I know is that it's it that it's eight. <laughs> and unlike last season, we will be coming back to this because the world is not quite so crowded as it was last fall. Uh yes. Yes, we will. And also because we felt a little bad that we only um covered one episode this week. Because it's hard it's real it's hard to judge sort of like the aim of a whole season off of a Yes, it's true. off of a premiere. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it, too. I mean, as much as I look forward to any of these shows, this one is probably the one that I don't actually mind watching, mostly because I like the characters. Mm -hmm. And I will have no object permanence about whatever the murders are. But uh, I I am interested to see where all the people of Grandchester go. Yeah. Even, even Even if Leonard just ends up back in Curate Land, like we sort of expect, um i'm hoping that his journey to get there is at least worth it um i i would think that at least if he does end up back there he'll end up back there a person who is not trying to hide as much of himself anymore and maybe that'll be something i just feel like he's gonna end up back in that position because it's easier for the show yes in terms of having all of its characters sort of exist in a central narrative hub if not a central physical location but like you know, they don't have to come up with whole other things for Leonard to be doing. Yeah. Um, like beat poetry. <laughs> like beat poetry, which he can, I don't know, take up knitting or something, bud. Hey, listen, I like knitting. I know a lot of people do. I wish I knew how to do it. It looks very soothing. People do it in line at cons all the time. Yeah. It, it's something to do with your hands. And the best part is that once you learn it, it just stays in your hands. So you can like not knit for like two years and then pick it back up and it goes right back into your hands. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, take your word for it, my friend. Um, Watch, I'll teach you if we get stuck in if we get stuck in a hall age line together. I'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the, anything particularly you're looking forward to for the back half of the season? Um, I, 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 I'm a little hopeful that Kathy stays separated from Jordy. Um, that being said, the fact that she's not taking him back right away means that I am hoping this will at least take all season. Um, because I am very much looking forward to Kathy basically teaching that man how to freaking behave. Um, <laughs> because no, I, I'm serious. I, I want I want to see that woman teach him to behave if she's going to take him back, and if he doesn't learn to behave, then he doesn't go back. That's what I want. Um, the his daughter looked had like 30 seconds of screen time, but she looked mutinous, so I enjoyed that. I love Esme. Esme only ever looks mutinous most of the time, and she's my she's one of my favorite characters because of that. Like she has attitude. It's great. Um, I almost hope we get more of her and her attitude because because she's great. Um, I, I love the, I love the kid who plays her. I wish that the other kid and kids were given a bit more personality. They've mostly just been so young up until now. So I'm I'm hoping maybe as they get older they'll they'll be allowed to have a bit more. Probably not. Um, that's probably too many human beings for this show. Yeah. All right. What do I, oh wait, I should ask myself, what do I want to see? I want, uh, to, I want Leonard to be happy because I love Leonard and I want, I don't know. I want some kind of more consistent, consistent characterization or sort of arc for Will because I 
don't know what that is right now. I'm curious and, if he'll pine over Maya for the rest of the season. Oh, God, I hope not, because I'm just like, seriously? I, I would like him to get it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, though. One of the problems is that his arcs have been things like dealing with daddy issues and dealing with celibacy and dealing with his hangups. And I'd like him to deal with something that isn't either of those things. I think that'd help a lot. I agree. All right, and that is our uh, that is our episode on the Grantchester season seven premiere. But um, yes, we shall see where this season goes, and we will be back to talk about it after the finale. In the meantime, uh, Annie, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their very fuzzy tails at Annie Bundle on Instagram. I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and uh, the associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. So if you want to know what I wrote this week, just go to my Twitter because that's where I retweet all of my bylines. Huzzah. Uh, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write here a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web. But I always tweet my bylines and occasionally some cat pictures. So come and be my friend. Uh, I'm currently, I think, talking about the new Persuasion movie, which we're also going to talk about on the show. And let me just tell you that I have thoughts. Lots uh, just, of thoughts. It's going to be a good one when we get to that one. Um the site and the pod are on social media at telly underscore visions on Twitter and televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. You can listen to this podcast on WETA's YouTube channel at WETA PBS. And you can visit us at televisions.org to read all our recaps, catch up on the latest news and click on the donate button up top to help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears. Uh, it'll also get you access to PBS Passport where you can stream a bajillion new things this summer, including early access to the rest of the season of Grantchester, Cobra season two, and a whole bunch of stuff coming this fall. Um, I would run through the Walter's Choice things, but I'm not as knowledgeable on that. So just, you know, go look on the internet is what I'm saying. Uh, it is really hot here. It's like the height of summer, so it's super gross and nasty where we are. Uh, I miss it not being that way. I miss not thinking about like, who I was near that was exposed to COVID every other day, it seems these days. Uh, it's getting rough out there again, folks. So please take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Maybe think about wearing a mask indoors or at least testing at home regularly just to keep each other safe. We are all in this together and I guess we gotta get used to it. I don't know, it's a big mess. But luckily we are here to talk to you about frivolous things and distract you from the horrors of our life. So we will try to keep doing that and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.